This is the 99X Podcast. Tune in to RTN Tech Sessions every Thursday for practical approaches and solutions to all things tech. Hello guys, uh, this is uh, Chintaka from 99X. Um, so uh, today we are going to uh, continue uh, our <clears throat> discussion on this React um, library and its uh, fundamentals. So uh, as you know that, uh, hope you have listened to the previous uh, discussion that we had both me and Isuru today also uh, Isuru is uh, with me to discuss and um, <clears throat> enlighten you guys on a bit of things about fundamentals into uh, react so this um, discussion we are focusing uh, basically on uh, how to start development and also a bit of fundamentals when you uh, have started actually development in uh, react using react library so since you are basically uh, targeting this uh, SPA. So SPA, that's uh, in the sense, single page application. So it is quite a, um, um, in the mainstream, the SPA is kind of a mainstream thing that uh, over the last uh, few years. So um, it is rapidly moving with a lot of libraries. Uh, the different developers are uh, fond of different libraries in when it comes to SPA development. So uh, since we are talking about React, so we will uh, talk a bit about how to um, step into development with React as a library and uh, continue on this uh, arena when you uh, are actually starting development. So um, so today uh, we have uh, Isuru again. So uh, hopefully uh, you don't need to make it an introduction again. So we'll uh, jump into the things first. So um, first, uh, so you know that uh, when you have uh, started uh, development, so development that you need a set of tools, like where you have to start actually uh, hands on on development, you need to set up a development environment. We call it a development environment where it is something, um, sometimes it can be end up as a very cumbersome process because it entails with a lot of tools that you have to integrate together. Maybe uh, if you are working with the backend, uh, you have to integrate the backend. And also if you are, working with the database directly so it's a database but in the react library usage so it is quite uh, most of the time it is not that a heavy process uh, you will need the development ide and uh, some set of uh, <clears throat> um, the related uh, libraries together uh, in the node and everything installed the npms and everything so um so when we configure these tools, so maybe the, you will run into problems like uh, some compatibility issues and maybe um, maybe you will have to uh, think about your production environments as well. So what I'm uh, focusing is actually, you know, um, what you develop in your own machine or your laptop or your development uh, desktop machine is quite not the same as in production environment. Production environment is quite different. Maybe it has some restrictions. Maybe it has some uh, different APIs to connect. So for example, not not the same uh, URLs that you will be calling in production environment when the USPA is up and running, right? So um, we will have to set up uh, this environment separately as well. So that is uh, thinking about the local environment plus uh, when it is in the production or maybe the test environments. So, um, so we'll uh, start a bit of talking around uh, this first, uh, Isuru. So um, this development environment setup. So how would you see it uh, with React, uh, Isuru? How can you explain it with React? How? What are the possibilities? What are the uh, uh, limitations? What are the possibilities with this uh, React library 
uh, when you start setting up development environment yeah. yes as you mentioned chintaka setting up a development environment for developing a react application is not easy our development environment should be capable of functionalities such as uh, compiling jsx transpiling javascript uh, minifying and bundling javascript uh, linting for identifiers furthermore like reloading after saying files uh, support npm commands and it's better to have a test runner in our development environment so to support these features um, we have to integrate so many tools when setting up this development environment actually it's kind of challenging but uh, if we like to take this challenge and setting up this environment by our own uh, we can uh, use tools like bebel for compiling jsx and transpiling javascript uh, Babel compiles JSX to JavaScript. We can't send JSX to the browser because JSX isn't valid JavaScript. So browsers don't understand JSX. And um, Babel can be used to transpile modern JavaScript to make sure that it runs some of the older browser versions because some of the older browser versions uh, don't understand some latest JavaScript concepts like arrow functions. So we have to transpile those code to browser known format. Another tool that we can use is um, Webpack. Uh, Webpack uh, bundles compile JavaScript into a single minified file that runs in the browser. And um, Webpack gives us a development server. So we can serve our app locally during development. And uh, when we develop an application, um, it is better if we can identify potential errors in our code. Sometimes uh, we have used a variable that is never defined. Sometimes uh, we have defined a variable that is never used. So identifying uh, this kind of potential errors we can use a LinkedIn tool like ESLI. So I hope you got an idea how a hectic task to set up this development environment. We have to spend lots of time and we have to write uh, many code lines. So my preference is yeah, using a tool like Create React App. Uh, it is developed by Facebook and it has been integrated all the tools that I have mentioned earlier. So without focusing about our development environment, we now uh, we can focus on our core business needs. Yes. <clears throat> so, uh, so now uh, we know a bit of about uh, this development environment. So, when uh, you step into this development in using React library, as uh, when you are developing SPA, single page application. So, I know that uh, React has different uh, approaches when you uh, design and when you set up an architecture for this kind of a project of SPA. So, um, you know, in uh, many, many other libraries and frameworks so that they have their own uh, building components like, uh, or, or we call it, uh, let's call it as building blocks of the uh, <clears throat> design. So, for example, uh, if the UI has some sort of a, a news feed and if, if the UI has some sort of a, um, chat entry or maybe if the UI has some sort of uh, this... Uh, comment section so those things are several uh, building blocks of the application so in react also they have uh, this concept called components right so the components so it's something the granular components that um, like aggregated together makes the full uh, the application full your spa so i think component is really the basic structure and uh, the piece of thing that uh, would be rendered on the screen at the end of the day when you uh, load the application which is written in uh, react library so misru uh, how you can um, explain these components or, or if they are building blocks of uh, application 
when it comes to something developed in react yes um in react uh, we can mainly create two types of components functional components and uh, you know, class components actually they serve the same purpose but when in but when it comes to syntax they differ uh, as their name suggests functional component is a javascript function that returns jsx class component is a javascript class that, that extends react.component uh, which has a render method uh, when we compare these two component types uh, the main syntax difference differences how they implement uh, a component state and how how uh, these components uh, handle component life cycle events so first let me explain what are component life cycle events and component state uh, every company in react uh, goes through a cycle of events like human beings uh, components go through a cycle of birth growth and death the main three component life cycle events are mount on dom updating and unmount on dom uh, on the other hand uh, state is the data that is managed by the component x and example if you think about a form every form element is responsible for managing its state what is written inside it um, now let's go back to the class components actually we used to use class components uh, because of uh, life cycle events and uh, component state uh, as I can remember uh, before React version 16.8, uh, using functional component, uh, we couldn't handle component lifecycle events and component state. Uh, but it was changed after introducing React Tux. Uh, now, in functional components also, we can uh, handle component lifecycle events and component state. And um, recently, functional components are becoming more and more popular since uh, functional components are written short and simpler it is very easy to develop test and maintain functional components uh, class components are a little bit tricky and um, uh, complex uh, because we have to handle so many disk keywords inside class components uh, using functional components we can uh, avoid this kind of complexity and keep everything clean yes so that is uh, stepping into these uh, components so how what are these main building blocks as uh, you said there are main two types and uh, there are different approaches when it comes to development so uh, anyway like uh, when talking about from the history as well this um, that's a thing called in the new paradigm that uh, how this uh, the new frameworks so or libraries like react how do they process the ui rendering or, or how do they uh, say for example you know that you have we call it uh, detection of change or uh, how you uh, represent the change in the some kind of a data model so you know that when you have something uh, depicted on a page html page so it is bunch of data and uh, obviously it should have a very uh, solid uh, state uh, model that is backed by a data model so this data model changes over the time and maybe you render things from the database or some sort of a rest api and then you show it to the user end user in a very sane way that it is very understandable and uh, ux uh, by the way but um, this detection of change is something uh, uh, in the mainstream and it is something very important as well so i think um, even when the time when started with uh, 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 all these uh, knockout and even this comes to uh, when angular js and angular angular.io and even react they have their own ways of change detection so that uh, know that there's a virtual dom and a real dom and uh, you 
get the virtual domain react and then they say they do this uh, diffing algorithms to uh, differentiate the things in the object model document object model and they represent what is the actual change so the only the delta change only the delta that is the snippet of change is sent to the rendering so that's how they uh, make it quite uh, swiftly right so this uh, chain detection so shall we talk a bit about that is sort of like how this chain detection process and uh, anything special about in react library how they handle that right yes uh, in react uh, we always initialize the process of chain detection manually uh, running chain detection or re-render ui can only be triggered if the company state has been changed the state can be changed from uh, props change or calling the state function uh, when we update the state uh, react decides if it should re-render the component the most important thing is we have to keep in mind React state is immutable. Uh, I have seen many times uh, when developers new to React, uh, they have run into bugs like uh, component did not re-render. Even though component state has been changed by calling set state function, uh, they had to face these uh, problems because they were not aware about the concept of immutability. So first, let me explain what is immutability. Uh, in programming, a variable is immutable if its value can't be changed after it's created. A variable is mutable if its value can be changed after it's created. Uh, when it comes to JavaScript, uh, we can see both immutable and mutable data types. In JavaScript data types like uh, boolean, uh, string, uh, numbers, null, undefined, uh, those primitive data types are immutable. Data types like uh, arrays, classes, objects, uh, those data types are mutable. Uh, when we work in a real, real application, uh, most of the time we have to use uh, these mutable objects as our component state. So we we can use uh, JavaScript object uh, JavaScript methods like object.si and operators operators like split operator to create new objects without mutating existing objects. And uh, we can use uh, array functions like uh, map, uh, filter, slice to create new arrays. Uh, without mutating existing arrays. Uh, actually, uh, there are many advantages because of this immutability. Uh, immutability allows React to easily identify component state change by running uh, referential equality. Uh, mutating objects uh, can uh, cause unexpected bugs and uh, side effects. Uh, but uh, using immutable objects, uh, we know what we have exactly changed in our code base. Uh, another thing is uh, JavaScript is faster when swapping an old object reference to an entirely new one uh, rather than uh, mutating an existing uh, object. So I believe uh, it is very important to understand the concept of immutability, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that is uh, <clears throat> this uh, the chain detection, how it is uh, when it's in React. So then uh, if you dive into some much more detail, detailed uh, manners, how it is uh, done in uh, React because they have different components. So maybe someone can think about an application, SPA, that is, um, it's just a bunch of communication between uh, these individual components. So how much components you have, uh, maybe the smaller, projects or small SP apps would have very uh, limited number of components but uh, when the your application grows over the time definitely you will end up with bunch of uh, components so different um, UI segregation so that uh, different 
most of the developers they segregate these things in based on the ui arrangement and uh, logically also how you can uh, componentize these things so we call it componentization so this communication between components so this components based library the react how uh, this uh, components need to be communicated send data to each other and uh, communicate so when something happens so how the event kind of a thing is uh, set to some other component say like you have one component and it needs to uh, communicate to some other component uh, to say something that i am ready i have done this so get it so then the the immediate uh, <coughs> successor component can uh, listen or get that data piece and uh, do something uh, on their own to represent something so shall we talk about this uh, how the communication between components is done in react and any any specialty around uh, react library how they are doing it right uh, yes uh, the way to pass data between components is using props uh, props is a special keyword in react uh, that stands for properties uh, the important part is that uh, data with props can only be passed in a unidirectional way in other words uh, in one way from parent to child. We can't pass data from uh, child to parent using props. Uh, another thing is uh, props data is read only, which means uh, the data data that comes from parent to child should not be changed in the child component. Uh, but uh, when we work in a real application, uh, we want something triggered in a child component uh, to be reflected somewhere else in the UI. Actually, this is a very common scenario. Uh, let's assume that we have a button component uh, that changes the background color of its parent when it was clicked. Uh, to change the background color, parent component should know about the click event in the child component. Uh, uh, now you may be on, now you may be wondering uh, how does the parent component know the button was clicked? Uh, in React, uh, to pass data from child to parent, parent component should pass one of its own function as a callback in a prop when calling the child component. When child component triggers, it can call the callback that provided by the parent component and pass necessary information about its state. Yes, so that is uh, basically the communication between components. So that is, um, so these are the basic, I think, uh, the uh, building blocks uh, that you should know when uh, you are doing this uh, React development, some uh, sort of an application development with React. So uh, anyway, I think um, this uh, this is something uh, that we uh, started to um, give you guys some idea about uh, how to step into uh, this uh, development with React. So um, so by now now you know that uh, what are the uh, components and what is the uh, breakdown of components and what sort of uh, development environment and what sort of uh, communication means does it have uh, inside react uh, to communicate in between their own components so as i said props so we have different things so but uh, moving forward maybe the next uh, session maybe so we can talk about bit of uh, some uh, more com uh, the uh, the ideas concepts of react something like hooks and how, how you can use this state management also alongside to uh, get the things done that uh, how uh, who can be used to uh, do uh, things very properly in the standard react way and also how you can manage the states of different uh, variables and how to manage these uh, conditions and uh, approach how to get a better ui 
right is so uh, maybe uh, next session we are thinking about uh, that kind of a thing is it right of course uh, we can discuss about some pretty cool libraries like redux for state management and uh, we can uh, deep dive into react hooks how we can use react hooks for handling component lifecycle events and uh, we can discuss about uh, what are the best practices we should follow when developing a react application yes so uh, i think that uh, winds up the session for today the discussion is uh, stepping into react uh, development and uh, basic uh, fundamentals of this uh, react library and uh, how the uh, the ecosystem works so um, thank you sir for being uh, with this one the discussion and uh, maybe uh, so sooner we will be back on with the next session like you said we will uh, talk about bit of state management and these things um, and also hooks and uh, like you said redux so something uh, that you can't live without uh, when you are developing something uh, solid in react so uh, so we will be uh, back soon uh, discussing on these uh, basic concepts uh, about how to use state management and uh, the way forward with react yeah so uh, thank you sir and thank you guys also uh, for listening for 9nx podcast uh, series uh, so we are talking about now uh, react library as uh, when you develop some spas so hope to you hope to see you guys soon so hope uh, you have enjoyed the today's discussion and uh, more to come in future thank you guys have a good day